Welcome back to the Jesus Speaks Farsi podcast for episode two in our Encounters with Jesus series. We're excited to welcome Afshin back to the podcast today. We first heard from Afshin in episode three of the scripture series. And if you haven't already heard that episode, I'd encourage you to go back and hear my conversation with Afshin about his spiritual journey and how he helped translate the modern day version of the Bible for Persian speakers. Afshin is one of the only Iranians with a PhD in biblical studies, and he's also a much loved teacher. Today, Joe will be talking with Afshin about encounters encountering Jesus, seminary and spirituality, experiences and explanation, and the mystery of walking with Jesus. I know you'll enjoy hearing from Afshin again, so let's get started. Welcome back to Jesus Speaks Farsi. I'm super excited to have with us today Afshin. He was on uh, our series on... uh, the scriptures in Iran. So many people were encouraged listening to him share about the scriptures and how he reads them. And uh, Afshin, I'm super excited to have you back on this episode where we're talking about encountering Jesus. So welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Afshin, many people in in the West, when we hear about the Iranian church growing or, or the church in the Middle East amongst Islamic people, we hear stories of a Muslim person having a dream and coming to Christ. We hear of sometimes miracles or encounters with Jesus. And, and on this series, we've heard some of these. And so I just wanted to quickly ask your experience with these encounters with Jesus. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I've got to say that when I think about this uh for me, the difference is quite obvious, in, and I can uh, differentiate with two different words. I, because I've been educated here, yeah. I am, to, to more extent, uh, I'm familiar with the, with the way that the Westerners think. And yeah. uh, also I've come from an, uh, an Iranian background. Then I know what is, what is the... The most important thing I can I can say that the difference between Iranians and Westerners, and when I say Westerners, I mean Europe and North America, is uh, experience yeah. as the main as the main um, road of experiencing God rather than explanation. So the you know when when I came over here to study theology i i was waiting for my lecturers to come and uh, ask me about my experience but at the end of the day it was more a kind of a mental journey oh, it, that's it was fascinating. it was it was more like uh, how can you define god i i this is what i got mm. by <laughs> by experience so that really fascinates me so you're you're saying that in your theological training in the UK, you were asked, you were expecting professors to ask you about your experience with the Lord, mm-hmm. but so many times it was just more head knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, so when you were growing, when you became a Christian, Iran, if you've not heard Afshin's story, please go back to the uh, scriptures episode where Afshin shares about how he came to the Lord and was studying the scriptures in Iran. In Iran, in the churches there, people would constantly ask you about your experience with the Lord. Yes, yes. I can, I can, I can, I can summarize the difference between uh, what is mainly defined as God is what you experience. Or, but here at the theological seminary, it was more an explanation. Yeah. So. Um, then that that realm, I mean the 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 domain of experience in the West, or at least in a seminary, for for me was something personal. Yeah. But uh, when we gathered together, we uh, we were there to give the best explanation, mm. probably of that experience. Yeah. But that the experience was peripheral. And the explanation was central, yeah. and I can see that in in Iran, or I, I can say with confidence, probably in, in in the most Eastern contexts, it is the 
other way around. The experience yeah. is central and the explanation is So I, I want to ask you about this. It's so fascinating because I, I feel like I've experienced the Lord mm -hmm. a lot. And, you know, I, I, base a, I think I base some of my theology on that, but I want to base it on the Word of God. But I've had... I've heard in the churches in the West, a lot of pastors will be like, you can't trust your feelings. You have to stick to the word of God. Like the word of God is true. And you have to almost question these feelings. Are they really from God? Mm. So how do, do you wrestle with that? Like, yeah, is yeah. this person's encounter or experience with the Lord? Is it genuine? Are they just making things up? Is that ever a worry for people? Like yourself, I, I think. I think if we can make a, a kind of dialogue between these two words, uh, uh, experience and explanation, yeah. because uh, I think both are important. But uh, uh, I think in some in some uh, environments, one is ex uh, one is sacrificed at the expense of the other, yeah. Yeah. and uh, I think it's um, it, it depends on the previ previous previous. Uh, uh, probably experiences of the people yeah. that uh, in in I think in my context experience is central and it will remain central because uh, uh, explanation is 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 looked is looked uh, I'm I'm not saying negatively but um, people say that you can explain anything yeah uh, it is the other way around. And when you when you are able to explain with very vividly, very logically, they they think that oh this is a this is a man-made product. Yeah. But when you cannot explain an exp something, then in my context, um, I mean, in, or at least uh, personally, yeah. When you cannot fully explain something in a very logical way. Then we looked at it as something mysterious. So yeah. this is this is something else that I think that the the West is uh, uh, is a bit weaker than the East, yeah. and that's the element of mystery. Yeah. So uh, God works in mysterious ways. Is yeah. is something that you you uh, or at at least in in seminaries you are it it, it is a place to uh, define anything, and uh, at, at the end of end of the day to push aside the mystery yeah. aspect and to bring on the logical aspect yeah. and again as we talk about east and west and mm. iran the church in iran and the church in the west these are blanket statements we understand that there's mm. people in the west mm -hmm. that really love the experience yes, and the yes, encounters yes. with jesus but yes. in certain circles are quite prominent circles these theological places these seminaries we have incredible honor for, you know, great teachers yes. in the West. They're almost like our, in the church world, they have these superstar status, yes. these people that can teach and explain the Bible. Mm -hmm. And the, the funny thing is, like you said, there's just some things in the Bible that you just cannot explain. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so how was it for you coming to a Western seminary and you're speaking to these professors. Was it hard? Did they have encounters with Jesus of their own that they shared about? Or, or was it pretty much all logical and theological discussion? Did they share their encounters much? Uh, or at least they didn't They didn't say it very publicly. Uh, why, why do you think that? Because I think the, the, the nature of the place is being... A discipline to explain uh, the experiences. So I think they took it for granted that the experience is there, but our main job is to equip people, to teach people, to be able to uh, logicalize, if I can say, yeah. to, 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 to make it a mental journey and also to be able to uh, enable people to make those statements. So it is very much a statement oriented. Yeah. So to make an, a statement, you've got to uh, do a sort of uh, mental journey to be able to uh, explain things yeah. and to, um, in, in a sense, I think it's because the history of the West, 
I mean, the Christianity, yeah. especially after the uh, age of uh, knowledge, they call it, or Renaissance. Yeah, yeah. It is. It 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 took over. That yeah. the, all the all our experiences are um, looked front upon. They're frowned or, upon. Or, yes, or questioned. Or, or, oh yeah, question. Or, or, yeah. or you you look at them suspiciously until yeah. you are able to explain them. Yeah. In a way, and I and I. And I think that sometimes the churches in the West also, they want to communicate, interact with the societies, and they want to tell them that we are logical people. We are not just... Uh, Weirdos with spiritual yes, experience. Yes, with spiritual experience. <laughs> and we can explain. Yeah. And, and we can make it uh, also um, uh, something that you can... Um, you can defend. It's it's yeah. it's. Something. We really like apologetics and yes. being able to defend yes. the faith. I, I find it interesting. I, I I genuinely love the study of theology and apologetics, but when I speak to my friends and families, uh, who who are not believers, apologetics doesn't really work when we believe in a God that got a teenager pregnant and she gave birth to the mm. Messiah. That mm-hmm. that's like. <laughs> There's not really any logic yes, to yes. explain that. So yeah. I think I think because I believe in that truth, I believe that this really happened, that a virgin gave birth yeah. to the Messiah who then went on to die on a cross and raised from the dead. I'm like, if, if that's possible, anything's possible. How do you balance... Mm-hmm having been in seminary because there's a lot of there's so much strength in being able to explain what we believe in the study of theology in the mind the discipline of all this with the experience how do you take the best of both worlds if you will <clears throat> yeah i'm still doing this it's not uh, <laughs> it's not achieved uh, yeah. so i am i'm i'm journeying in this in this way i i just remember another word that can shed a better light on what yeah. we have been discussing so far. For for me, or at least for my own uh, very limited experience, the the what 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 they call it or what we call it is an, a Christian has a crisis experience. So yes. it's not any kind of experience. Mm. It's it's called crisis experience. It's meeting God, encountering God. But when I came over here. Uh, I realized that it is also an experience, but it's more a logical experience. Yeah. So the experience is is both there, but one is more emotional. It's existential. Yeah. It's your whole being. And here at the seminary, uh, I, I I found that it's more uh, specified to the realm of knowledge and yeah. the way to be able to understand and also to explain so that's why i call it a logical ex- experience but because it is also an experience yeah. i i learned a lot i think um you know after 35 years i learned um uh from my very prominent leaders at the church that we also have I, I also have had two kinds of leaders mm-hmm. excellent leaders one top of uh, explanation and one yeah. I can call top of experience. Really? So I, I learned that uh, I should, I think that it is, it is a r- rule of thumb, I can mm-hmm. say, by, again, by experience. I learned that both of them are correct. I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, again, sacrifice one for the sake of other, yeah. or I shouldn't choose. I choose both. I, I got to choose both. Yeah. So that's why my, my recommendation to uh, other uh, Iranian Christians is, is this, to pray as passionate as possible and to expect the unexpected, yeah. to meet the mystery, to, to be fed by the mystery, it's one side of the story, but the other side of the sto- story is to read as much as possible, mm. to do research, to read um, seriously the Bible, and to to learn the original languages. And because I think God is working in 
these two ways. Yeah. And the the for me the most a balanced encounter with God is a combination of these two together. Yeah. You know, when when I when I uh when I do some serious study of something especially in the Old Testament and after reading many commentaries or uh, studying the words and in in its original context and after then when I pray passionately uh, I think this is this is the best way. Yeah. And what I'm um, desiring for, uh, and what I see as a as a kind of lopsided Christianity in an Iranian context, is to choose one of them. Yeah. To become to become an excellent uh, scholar or to become a passionate, uh, yeah. prayerful person. I think we should be both. Do you think a lot of that has to do with the personality of the person? So, for instance, people are just more prone to, they love to study, they love school, they're educated, so they're more going to go down the route of studying the Bible, reading books, uh, listening to teachers, whereas there's other people that are just in their personality, they just feel more strongly, they love the emotion, because I get, I'm very, very fortunate. I get to travel to a lot of different types of churches mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. And you see the type of churches that are more prone to one or the yes. other. Yes. And and typically people don't mix those churches. Yes. You know, they're a bit cautious. Oh, they're, they're too feely. They're too emotional. Yeah. And then the spiritual, emotional people say, oh, they're just, they, they don't believe in anything of the spirit they're just all about the word do you think that's a personality thing or do you think it's i i i think that it should be part of the culture of the church yeah it should be taught by church leaders they got to come and publicly say this that if you want to be if you want to be more blessed if you want to be more edified yeah if you want to have a a better understanding of anything you got to do these two together mm. and uh, but uh, this is what i'm i'm thinking about how can we create that culture yeah so for for me it's it's a lot more simpler to get let's say that again these are blanket statements but that side of the church that is very experiential spiritual they love to pray they love to sing they yeah. lay hands on people all this kind of stuff it's, it's a lot easier to say to them, all right, you need, re- we really need to get in the word. We need to read some commentaries. We need to think through this. What do you say to the people who have been in seminaries? They've been in theological classes. They've served the Lord for a long time, and they've, never ne- they've not had a dream from Jesus. So mm. they wouldn't say they've encountered that spiritual experience, but they're convinced of the love of God, how would you say, what can they learn from, say, Iranian people? How would they start on that journey of going, Jesus, I want to encounter you? Is it just mm-hmm. a simple prayer or is the practices they can do I think to it's, try and get that? We have, a, we have a saying in Farsi that, uh, uh, that says that when you are accompanying uh, the people who are different from you, yeah. you get something from them. So I think that uh, I... I I tell them to go with with yeah. the, with those passionate but authentic, not just passionate, but mm. passionate, uh, authentic. Those who have real experience of God, uh, go go in their company and be with them. Be silent, just observe, yeah. and uh, try to explain there. Try to find a new theology there, yeah. because when you when you when you are there, then you find something that you haven't been taught in any seminary, yeah. and and then uh, and then when you when you know them, you you trust them, you think that they are not making this up, <laughs> and uh, they are not just emotional people. They are their their emotions, even their emotions are being led by the spirit. You, yeah. you can see God is moving there. And to these people, also, I encourage them to go to some seminaries yeah. to study, yeah. or to be in the company of these yeah. uh, these people. It's very interesting. In our last conference, uh, 
that we had. Yeah. Uh, I shared something. So just for our listeners, this conference was with a bunch of Iranian, Iranian leaders, past- Iranian pastors, and pastors, pastors yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And uh, they know me as uh, as somebody who's come from seminary. Mm-hmm. Also, sometimes my colleagues they think that I am I am more in the head knowledge. Yeah. Um, I think territory that yep. if if they can, but I shared something, and some of the pastors came to me and said that we never ever thought that you can be there. Ah. You 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 and I, and I thought do, do not do not judge. Yeah. <laughs> and but this is this is the way we we are. I, I think that it's not up to me just to go and oh I am I I am very open to yeah. uh, mystery. And my my uh, actually my theology is around the mystery of God, and uh, I I went there to learn about God. I didn't go there. You see, there are some some uh, preconceptions. There are some uh, immature judgments on each camp. Yeah. Even among Iranians, uh, fortunately, unfortunately, our numbers are radically lower than the group of <laughs> passionate christians yeah so um but i think that we need we need to communicate more we need to understand more we need to um relate more uh, i i i i have been there uh, i've been a pastor of a iranian church for two years and yeah. i real i over there i uh, observed some Christians who haven't done any education, Christian education in their lives, but they were talking uh, about their encounter, which was quite genuine. And uh, I I realized, oh, that's that's that point. I've never paid attention in 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 seminary. So I learned from them. And when I shared the Bible, they learned something that uh, mm. in their own group they couldn't yeah. find. So we can help. But I think that the the main remedy comes from uh, the main leaders that they gather together and they decide that we need to create a culture that these two yeah. come together because we can learn. What you just said reminds me of that that part in the scriptures where I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's Peter, James and John, but the before the, the Jewish leaders and they say these men have no formal education, yes. but they could tell they'd been with Jesus. Yes, yes. And uh, they'd physically been with Jesus and mm. they knew Jesus. But yeah. there's people that you meet who have mm. no formal education, but yeah. you're like, man, these people have been with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a few stories then of like when we say encountering Jesus, uh-huh. uh, you've worked with so many people. Is that? whether it's a personal story from you or it's somebody else where that, that encounter with Jesus was just mind-blowing or fascinating that I remember. Yeah, I some of them I personally witnessed, some I heard from reliable sources. Uh, story of uh, many stories of, including myself, yeah. uh, that you passed the age of being able to be a father or mother, yeah. and you pray, and then you you become a father. Yeah. So it is this. Uh, I, I think we have a range of experiences from yeah. absolute impossible to. I, 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 um, you know, we start from there, and normally, when you when you want to grade an experience, you see, yes. like like grading a paper, <laughs> yeah. you think that if it is absolutely impossible, it is the most genuine. Yes. It is, I think, humanly speaking, it's understandable. But I'm, I'm thinking about the journey that comes to the very possible and still think that it is godly. Yeah. So I think this, this, is, this is the way forward. We start from there yeah. and then comes to something that the Lord... This morning when I was drinking tea, telling me this. Yeah. Very, 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 very normal, very, very ordinary, but yeah. very, very supernatural. Very yeah. so I think that uh, we should we should start from uh or at least my 
uh, uh, witnessing this among Iranians that at the beginning they called the uh, the highest grade is the most impossible. Then mm. somebody is dying, have a terminal cancer, and then the Lord interfere. I I experienced that. Uh, I can share in something. your in your own life, or you saw somebody else. Well, I saw I saw many people, especially during the time that I was a pastor. We uh, they thought of me. Yeah. I wish my colleagues and the others who thought that I'm just a kind of. A, uh, head knowledge man yeah. to be there. They they thought of me. My the the people who came to my church, uh, they thought of me that I had a gift of healing. <laughs> I I never ever thought. If you ask my colleagues, they yeah. think that Afshin is anywhere but yeah. this kind of spiritual gifts. Yeah. But this is a wrong judgment. And I I I know that I do not have that uh, yeah. gift. But God was working mirac- miraculously. So you'd never. You were kind of the head knowledge guy, the theologian, the yeah. been to seminary, but you prayed for people. Yeah, I finished my PhD. Yeah. I finished my PhD. A couple of months later, I was pastoring a church with refugees mainly yeah. who had uh, endless problems and uh, some sicknesses. And then uh, on, on Sundays, we specified the time after a while that we pray for the sick. Yeah. And somebody says that, okay, right now I have a, a relative back in Iran with terminal cancer. Right now I, I have a relative with uh, no kidney yeah. and he's dying. And please pray. And we prayed and uh, some of them, I'm not saying, some of them said that God healed him. Yeah. God healed her. Just a miraculous Just healing. miraculous. And then I, they, they came to me that please pray. I have this. And I was thinking, oh, I'm praying for something that I... I become more confident because yeah. <laughs> I, because when I pray, then something is happening. Yeah. It's from God. And, uh, and I think that God uh, was uh, graciously helping our church because uh, he knew that I know, or I knew that I know that it's from him, <laughs> not, not from something, yeah. something in me, because I'm not... I, I, I haven't come from that world, uh, especially since my departure from Iran yeah, yeah. and going to seminary. But um, yes, uh, I can share one day uh, somebody came and very, very sad. And, he's, and she said that um, uh, her relative had a terrible accident in Iran in which one of somebody died straight away. And... Uh, her relative had many broken bones and uh, with... Uh, so was, in, that, was it a car crash or something? Yes, car crash. Yeah. And with internal bleeding. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, they uh, he needed surgery right away, but because of the internal bleeding, they uh, delayed the operation. And we prayed for the, uh, for, for the inner bleeding. Yeah. And... Um, At the end of the prayer, uh, a word came to me, and I just said it, (laughs) and uh, and I said that the Lord is saying that He will be reason. This this word, He will be reason, and it is uh, at the end of a week. I think it's on Wednesdays. Tomorrow, uh, she called me and said that bleeding stopped. Yeah. So they put him on surgery next. Tuesday, uh, uh, ribs broken, femur broken, uh, fingers broken. Um, I think he was a broken man <laughs> all over. <laughs> and then um, on Sunday, again, um, um, I was asked to pray. We all prayed, the whole church, church prayed. I didn't know, but they recorded that prayer. And they played it for, for, for the, 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 the unconscious man over there. And, uh, okay, it was on Sunday. Yeah. And the Tuesday was the day of operation. And Tuesday morning was... Uh, and I was thinking about that statement, he will be risen. I think it, this is the statement for Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, on the day of operation in the morning, the doctor... Uh, went to do the final check 
And to his amazement, absolute amazement, none of his bones were broken. So all the bones had fixed themselves? Yes. Just, just three, three fingers. I think that it was a sign, just three fingers, that he... Does so not three broke. fingers were still broke. Broken, but the rest... The rest of his body the, was healed. Healed. But three fingers... Three, three fingers. <laughs> and uh, he was released the day of his operation. He was supposed to have surgery, but he surgery, was released yes, that day. And it was, with three broken fingers. Yes, I, I, I have forgotten the, uh, the, the word that uh, this, this bone... The tailbone, femur... Oh, uh, yes. Everything was broken. So he wow. needed he needed a major surgery for... Uh, for all his broken bones. So a church he was praying for this man. They recorded the prayer. The prayer on, the on phone, Sunday. And you didn't even know they were recording it. No. They no. played it for an unconscious man. Yes. And then uh, the day, uh, it was on Sunday, but on Tuesday, yeah. when uh, they wanted to do the operation, they realized that. He's fine. Except his three <laughs> fingers. The rest is fine. And he was released. He was released. So wow. this is, this is, um, and uh, they sent me also the picture. Yeah. And he, he, he was a believer. He was a believer. He was a believer he already. He was a believer. But this testimony made other people to come to faith. Yeah. Because did, they were... Uh, because what did they, your seminary friends back in the UK say about this? <laughs> I, I, I lost touch with <laughs> yeah. them. But uh, it was, for me, it wasn't quite an experience yeah. because he was risen. The, the word that uh, on the previous, uh, the past Wednesday, uh, I just announced it and I said, what did you say? So are you saying he was the reason, Jesus was the reason or I what, what, I what know, does this, it mean? This word just came to it me and I just announced it. I said that his name is Arsalan. I said, Arsenal, Arsalan will be risen. This is the word that came to me after the prayer on the day that uh, he had internal yeah, bleeding. Yeah, yeah. So they delayed the operation. But I, I told them, that the, uh, I, I got this word that Arsenal will be risen. But next Tuesday, <laughs> he was walking out. He, he went wow. out. So let, let me throw this one out to you then. I'm really enjoying this conversation. I have a lot of friends in leadership, pastors, teachers in the West, and I love them. And like you, I see so much strength in the study of God's word, in, in, in um, just really going deep and trying to understand doctrine and theology and whatnot. And a lot of people struggle to believe these stories in the West. Mm-hmm. But when I tell them stories about things like this happening in Iran, they believe it. And they'll say, oh, God moves in places like that because it's a new church or he's just doing a special work. But that kind of stuff doesn't really happen because we have the freedom to be a Christian. We have the freedoms to go to church. We have the Bible to study. What, What do you think of that kind of reasoning? I think that's. Uh, I think the West needs to be more open to mystery. Yeah. And uh, and when I say mystery, I'm not I'm not talking about uh, something um, something that is that is dark or I'm 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 thinking about uh, the movement of God. Uh, um, or the intervention of the supernatural, what we can say, we should be be uh, we should open to this realm that God is able to do uh, a lot, and God is doing much more than what we are thinking. And uh, so this 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 this. this uh, what I'm calling this is an existential openness mm. to this kind of uh, uh, to this kind of thing. I think that uh, what we discussed in our previous talk, the the 
the division between nature and supernatural yes. is yeah. quite rigid in yeah. the West. But uh, at least in my context, uh, this there is a division between natural and supernatural. But the, it's not that much rigid. Yeah, it is the 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 line is much more. Uh, I can say is much more lenient than we we think, yeah. uh, and uh, the 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 involvement of God and. Uh, there are some verses that uh, I think this kind of reading of the we need a re- again the rediscovery of reading the Bible with this openness. Yeah. That uh, I think this is a bit uh, this is a bit um, lacking in the in the West, and uh, we are we are so much concerned of making ourselves explainable, acceptable. Uh, to to the eyes of this, uh, I mean people that uh, we, we, we we even I think sometimes unconsciously we um, put more on that line of mm. division. We make it sometimes sometimes unconsciously rigid. The, yeah. the, the, the difference. I think that if we if we become more open than, and be more um, close to to those kind of people. Uh, yeah, there were some experiences that, with my understanding of the Bible, I was able to stop. I said yeah. that this is not genuine. This is something man-made. This so you is- would say you've seen people kind. I don't want to say go too far because you can't go too far with Jesus, mm-hmm. but they've essentially made it up themselves yes. or got lost in how yeah. do how do you discern then in those kind of things it's again needs a kind of uh, a combination i'm not expert in this i'm a learner yeah but i i realize that sometimes people are engin- engineering spiritual experiences engineering that yeah they're trying trying to, to yeah it's wow. i don't i don't want to uh, relate to a text yeah but uh, Exodus 32, when yeah. people, they were making that golden calf, uh-huh. they name it uh, as as these are your gods. Yeah. The, the word that they used is Elohim in Hebrew. Yeah. And then later they used the word Yod-Heh-Wav-Heh. It's what we call Jehovah or something. So they they put the name of the genuine God on a, a very wrong experience. So I think this is this is something that the people they have this tendency to uh and that's where the knowledge can help us yeah not to rush I think one of the things that's really helpful in that is being able to look at your own encounters with Jesus or these spiritual experience and and look at them with trusted friends and people and say was this really Jesus, or is this something that I'm yes. manufacturing myself? Yes. And that's that's hard to do on yourself, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. So I think it's good for us to do that on ourselves. Is it hard for you to trust people? Because what I, what I see sometimes in Western leaders, I mean, it happens everywhere. It's not just the West. That's just my context, is that they, they would say, yeah, I believe that's possible, but I, I just... I'm skeptical of that. I don't trust them or mm. I've, I've seen it done wrong before. And I'm just, yeah. how, how do you like embrace that encounter and that mystery fully, but at the same time, not lose the logic, if you will. I think the best uh, for me so far is to be in the company of uh, good men. Yeah. Good mentors. I yeah. I have I have some very good mentors in my yeah. life that I intentionally share what I experience before sharing with others. Okay. And uh, when when and uh, so far it has been so encouraging. Yeah. I I thought that um, at the beginning I didn't trust myself. So it's it's it's. Uh, it's understandable, but when you are in the company of some 
trustworthy mentors or man or woman of God that uh, especially I I go with those who have those two wings yeah passionate uh, hunger for God's uh, presence and also deep uh, t- thirst to learn the Bible and when you when you um, make a marriage of these two together when yeah. you wed them together uh, this I don't know whether you can call it a synthesis mm. uh, is um, mysteriously very helpful yeah so when when I uh, when I have something I share it with my mentors and they help me I remember and they are very honest with me uh, I I had a word and then when I share it with my mentor he said that this is this is for you this is not for others so the danger of having a word from god for yourself and then putting it on other people yeah i th- i think even when you when you read the bible uh, yeah. the prophets yeah. we think that they are very spontaneous and yeah. the, and it is it is to some extent true but i don't think that they just when they receive a word they just come and yeah. share it they they think about this uh, I don't know whether they had some mentors, they had some spiritual yeah. friends. So I think that this is this kind of uh, wading up, this kind of um, uh, grading. I think it's 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 good. Even even the Bible says yeah. that uh, any prophecy should be discerned. Yeah, I yeah. think that when when it says that it 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 means to some extent that uh, don't don't rush. Yeah. Uh, wade it up and uh, give yourself time. Think about them, and uh, yeah, and then share with more clarity rather yeah. than sudden outburst of. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that because I've I've kind of been in all different kinds of streams of ministry in, mm. in the West. You know, the hyper Pentecostal and yes. the really rigid theological Mm. type of people and there's that um one of the things i've seen abused a little bit and it's it's biblical but they'll say don't quench the spirit yes and so when people get really emotional whether it's in a time of worship or something like this and they give a word from the lord and they'll be like i just had to give it because i I couldn't quench the spirit but all but this study and this bringing it to the lord and this patience and sitting on that word and going to mentors is not necessarily quenching the spirit it's 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 delving deeper into what the lord is really saying and that marrying of the spirit and the word together is 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 really really beautiful i want to i want to ask you this question because i i think there's a lot of people um that truly desire that mm. encounter with the lord or these spiritual experience but maybe they've been hurt by it in the past you know maybe they've tried out um a certain type of church or stream of ministry or somebody <coughs> um has told them this person's going to be healed and they weren't healed mm-hmm. or this is god is going to do this and it's not happened mm-hmm. or uh you know just that disappointment Mm-hmm. What would you say to people in the West when they hear the stories of dreams and visions and miracles in the Iranian church? And there's these people in the West that we truly long for it, but we've just got this sour taste in our mouth because we've been hurt by somebody in the past. What would you say to people like that that are listening to this conversation? Honestly, who am I to say <laughs> something to them? Yeah. Um, yeah, I I also experienced that as well. I, okay, let's yeah, tell us I, about I, that. I, it is it is a part of the journey of all Christians. Disappointment is part of our journey. Mm. Probably is part of God's plan for us to shape us. Yeah. So disappointment is uh, one of the main ingredients. It's not an accident. It is probably purposeful in mm. this in this regard to uh but i think that it is it is for it makes us alert of um putting more 
value to something that is genuine. Mm. You know, yes, disappointments are real and uh, still happening, <coughs> but it doesn't uh, put off the, the the genuine thing that can happen. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that don't don't be disappointed or don't 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 close that door. Yeah, I, I think that this is this is something that comes to my mind. Uh, don't don't close that door. This is this is real. Your disappointment is real. But uh, yeah, I, I, can I share something that the, the genuine theology can also be an answer to our disappointment? We have uh, something in Paul's theology. It's called the tension between already and not yet. Mm. It's very, very well known in Paul's theology that we are experiencing God's kingdom in terms of uh, some clear uh, manifestations of the spirit. Yes, but it's not complete. It's not yet. So it's already not yet. Yeah. It's helping us. It's part of this. The disappointment is part of it's being can be explained by this uh, phrase. Uh, that um, yes, already is there. You know, there are there may be some Christians or some churches that they have uh, closed each uh, or one of these um, items on on both ends. It, yeah. They 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 may not believe in already, or they may think that it's complete, like the church in yes. Corinth. Yeah. Uh, but no, it is, it, is, it is keeping both of these. It's, yes, the, the kingdom of God has already begun, but it's not complete, not yeah. yet. Yeah. So the disappointment is part of the not yet. Yeah. But one day God will, will uh, answer that, but uh, until then... All right, last last couple of questions for you. Mm -hmm. With with, and we know your uh, uh, your testimony from sharing on on one of the last episodes you were on with Darylin about your um, you were a very good student and you loved education and that pursuit of education and that kind of came into your Christianity, the pursuit of theology and seminary and all these kind of things. And um, are you concerned with looking like a fool for Jesus? Does does that bother you? You know, there's this aspect of, I don't want to look like a fool, but, you know, there's parts of Christianity where Jesus says you're going to look foolish to the world. Mm -hmm. Is that something you struggle with? I, know, I feel like... Um, I feel like this faith that we have in miracles, this faith that we have that the kingdom is here, but yet sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we have this disappointment. To keep pursuing these things that we believe God wants for us sometimes seems foolish. Do you mm -hmm. ever feel foolish in that pursuit or do you ever struggle with that, being such an educated guy? Yes, I've got to be honestly confess my <laughs> lack of faith or my sins uh yes sometimes when i am in the company of educated people yeah and not from theological background doctors yeah. engineers yeah with uh, high salaries very prominent people sometimes i think i i am i am trying to show that i i am part of them as well yeah. but in a different different word i am educated and yeah. uh, uh so in a sense yes uh, sometimes i as a human being i as a fallen human being i try to make myself acceptable to all the people around that uh, you are an engineer i'm a theologian you are a doctor yeah. i am a theologian <laughs> uh, i am a doctor in different yeah uh, different um, discipline but uh, that's why when I meet people with no education, but with uh, very zealous for their faith, I become ashamed of myself. Mm. And uh, I feel that I, 
they are they become my teacher right away they they show me christ in a different way uh that's why i th- i think sometimes paying attention to some verses that when you look at the poor i am there yeah so they are poor in education they, they are they have poverty in in not having the the tools of making themselves acceptable but they have christ yeah and uh, i envy them but to 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 tell you honestly yes i i sometimes i i think that uh, i i i have this struggle and this uh, challenge to uh, to define myself why why did i go to a seminary why did i get phd to 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 do what uh, for the sake of what so i got to think about this all the time uh, what but, answer do you give yourself um, right now you know when when i i read a text years ago um uh, it's in the book of samuel when david decides to make uh, a house for god mm-hmm. and he was he was talking to nathan i think his closest friend yeah. and prophet and he said that i am in this house of and he specially named a kind of wood cedar uh cedar woods i am because and i made some research on this mm-hmm. uh, this why because when at at the beginning nathan said that go and do it then god came and said that no you can't make the house <laughs> no yet. and but he, god also mentioned that kind of wood and said yeah. that the the last years when i was moving all the time from whom did i ask to make a house of this special special wood of cedar yeah and uh, that text um came to me in 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 this regard that yes i i did phd to make for god a house of yeah uh, and a special house yeah Uh, a special residence yeah and then god in that text said that i don't need that residence <laughs> I, I, so I how, how, is that just really what does that do for you is it just make you humble or does it go why did i do it all then uh do, because this is this is the question that i'm still struggling to uh, <laughs> trying to find out an answer i i did it for i i don't know what it was for uh selfish reason or for I, i don't know it it is very you think it's a mix of everything uh, yes yeah. I, i can't say that it was purely spiritual no it was that kind that that thing but regardless of my motivations uh i think god is using this for yeah. the extension of his kingdom well i I've heard you teach and I love <laughs> yes. listening to you so it's yeah. definitely No, I think I think the, the text is telling me so far I may get some other messages in future that to serve the Lord you do not need to make something for him because whatever you make for him is a limitation of what God is himself uh but okay use it but not for that reason yeah. so i think that we shouldn't make ourselves think ourselves as as big as uh, i am doing something for uh, god because i i live in this house i want to make with the same material something bigger for god no uh god does not need my education of theology but he, he invites you into his plan yeah, but, and his purposes uh, he's or? yes that's the mystery yeah <laughs> I, i think that's the encounter of these two so i got to be sac- i got to be willing to sacrifice yeah my house the best house um and um, i think that I, i was reading if i can share it very fast uh, 
This morning I was reading Philippians, mm-hmm. and Paul is using something very a word that has been translated very politely, euphemistically. Yeah, because uh, any translation is a uh, is is a betrayal of truth. Actually, okay. they, there is a saying, <laughs> and uh, it says that my background. He he had an excellent background. Yeah, as a Pharisee, as a teacher, as a Jew, many many bright things uh, in his CV. Yeah, excellent <laughs> CV is there, but he says that I regard it as a in in false rubbish. Rubbish in, in false. It's but, a good English word, rubbish. Yeah, but the the, the main word is not rubbish. It's what worse. Is, what is it? I can't say this. <laughs> It's it's, it's like word. it's like manure, yeah, yeah, the man, or, or something in in that. Okay, in that we'll yeah. go with manure, <laughs> yeah, or 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 excrement, excrement, excrement. Yeah, something yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. Sorry to say this. Yeah. Sorry to your hearers, <laughs> but the word is, the word is this. So really, he's 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 bright. Oh, he's excellent CV, eye catching CV. Yeah, is. Is a, in in fact, is a manure to what he found in Christ. See, it's it's amazing, isn't it? How we can make a great CV out of knowledge and seminary and all this, <laughs> but on the other level, people can make a great CV out of their experiences yes, with yes, Christ. Yes. But what I love about this, honestly, Afshin, that the beauty of it is it's both. Yes. It's both and the pursuit of both the knowledge, the discussion, the head knowledge, the experience. But yet before Christ we're all the same. And I and I do hope that in future we can also change our terminology. Yeah. I think this word I am I'm against it. This word Which of head word? knowledge. Head knowledge. I, I don't think that this is the right word. It is okay. it is just a, with this you're already judging yeah. those who are there there are I, I met even in my seminary, some very godly people mm-hmm. that they were, and it's not just a head knowledge. We need to find out because this is kind of making uh, some trays uh, for people. It's it's a kind of prejudge judgment words yeah. or prejudging. It's kind of a misconception that uh, or. For the other camp, if he used emotional, yeah. I think it's it's again a wrong word. Yeah. Uh, we we need to we need to find some other some other ways of saying, especially statements, some some clarifications rather than this yeah. this 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 word. I'm I'm fighting here in my own context with my colleagues, not to use this. Don't don't. Don't just put somebody over there with just one word yeah. that he's got a head nod. It's not a head. And you see this kind of, what do you call, compartmentalization, yeah. we, we call it, or kind of uh, very rigid divisions between, the, does, not, does not exist in the Bible. Mm. You see, uh, the word that we have in the Bible in Hebrew is lev. And lev means, uh, lev, lev has a, uh, a, a range of meaning. The the literal word is heart, but heart is the center of thought. Yeah. So the 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 thinking and the emo also um, decision making. This kind of thing. Yeah, but but these. what is inside is not just heart. It is also we have other words for <laughs> kidneys. Mm-hmm. So the kidneys are the center of emotions so okay. inside everything is there yeah so thought emotions they belong to one i got it one one section not not two sections not two this so these <laughs> pursuits of christ we've as humans we've separated them but they were never supposed no, to be separated no I, I don't I, I don't think that this this is a helpful uh clarification of what yeah. is happening it's it's it, it's making more divisions, this kind of thing. So how would you sum up in a few minutes 
this what we've spoken about this encountering jesus with also the hunger for his word and knowledge and and this kind of just for people listening who are really want that they, they hear these stories of people in iran healings from hmm. you know a car crash where all their bones mm-hmm. were broken or encountering jesus through a dream or receiving a word from god and they say i want that Jesus, but I don't want it to be counterfeit. What What would you just sum up the last, you know? <laughs> yeah, I I, I just recall one verse that Jesus said, that love your God. Then the ingredients are very inclusive rather than exclusive, mm-hmm. and uh, it's more holistic rather than again paying attention to one part. It says that with all your heart and all your mind. And uh, in in Hebrew, we have a very famous prayer. Uh, they said it's the most famous that uh, uh, here, O Israel, that your Lord is one. And then it says that then you love your heart uh, with uh, in Hebrew means with all your heart, mm-hmm. uh, but everything Every is in friend. it and it's thought and emotions yeah. and with, um, with with all your uh, soul in, in, but soul is not a right translation of nefesh. <laughs> but anyway, it's been... And then he says, "Bechol uh, meodecha" in Hebrew, which meodecha means all your muchness, with all your muchness, the, the most literal I, I can translate, with everything you got. Mm. So you you see here, everything is there. It's 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 a commandment. It's the most important prayer for for uh, Jews in. Deuteronomy 6, 4 onwards. Uh, and it says that all, all, all you have, all your mind, all your thought, all your muchness mm. or abilities, uh, all, yeah, everything that you got. Okay, so this is, this is definitely the last question because I know you've <laughs> got to go. I could speak to you all day. What does it mean to love God like that? Like, I know how to love my wife. I can do things for her. I can give her a back massage or clean the house or go out for a date with her, make a dinner, all these things. I can listen to her. What does it mean for you to love God like that? Uh, I'm not still there, (laughs) I got to say, but I can at least think about, I can say something, but I'm not there. Yeah. It means... uh, to to love God, um, it's it's. You see, sometimes we think living is adding God to what we have mm-hmm. to make everything uh, more meaningful or more sweet or more successful, whatever. So it is not adding up to what you have. It is what you have. So uh, loving God is, is li- it means living for God, whatever, whatever he wants, whatever he says, to be, to be, yes, to be sensitive to what he says or what he does. So it is not, it is not adding up to something that already exists. It is the whole existence uh, so it, it it it's it is the 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 different way of seeing things, the different way of being and doing. So for me is is I am I am uh, my journey is to see God in um, in all the the experiences, not just as I grading them. Not just absolutely impossible, but I think that my my maturity depends on being able to see not just God and to live for Him, not just in absolutely impossible, uh, but to see in very ordinary things. When I 
when I when I love my wife, when I love my son, uh, when I love the poor, when I want to be with them, to learn from them. Uh, this is loving God to be to bring supernatural to the natural, mm. to to get rid of that division between yeah. them uh, and to see to see God everywhere. I don't know. This is this is what I think. Wonderful. Afshin, I have thoroughly enjoyed our mm. conversation. It has given me a hunger to love God more, okay. to know him in every okay. moment, to pursue that encounter, but to not force it or manipulate it yes. and to jump back into the word more and more as well. So thank you so much for giving you time. I really appreciate That's it. It's my pleasure. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this thought-provoking conversation with Efshin. In episode one of our Encounters with Jesus series, Azreen shared with us about how she spoke with Jesus face-to-face in a dream. And today we heard from Afshin about how we can embrace the mystery and the tension between explanation and experience. In our next episode in the series, we'll hear from Nilofar, an Iranian worship leader who shares how she's encountered Jesus personally and in the worship music she writes and sings. We look forward to having you join us for these upcoming conversations on Encountering Jesus. Jesus Speaks Farsi is produced by Elam Ministries, a nonprofit charity whose mission is to strengthen and expand the church in the Iran region and beyond. For more information and ways to partner, visit elam.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. We'd love for more people to learn about what Jesus is doing amongst Persian speakers today.